Hey, this is Greg. And Zach. Welcome back to the Harvestgate podcast. This week, we get an update on how our Harvestgate team is coping in the midst of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, how Harvestgate is going to feel the effects of these events, both in the short and long term. Uh, and most importantly right now, we hope that all of you listening are safely at home and uh, staying healthy and uh, following the instructions of your local authorities. Um, Zach, good morning. How are you doing this morning? I am swell. How are you, Greg? Well, I am pretty good. I'm tucked away back in the studio here, and uh, you're still over at your place. We're still set up remotely uh, to stay socially distant but connected. Absolutely. And I know this probably is not the professional thing to do, but I wish that you could see my setup here. I'm literally <laughs> sitting in front of my couch with a blanket over my head to make sure that the audio quality is still stellar. And hopefully it is. But <laughs> that's our commitment to quality content is, uh, you know, if we need to get a few little static electric shocks while we're recording, we are willing to do that. <laughs> I'm laying my life down for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That might be that might be. A little extreme. A bit extreme, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's good to talk to you this morning. You know, I think we haven't gotten to to talk or hang out as much as we like to, uh, you know, during all of this. And so recording the podcast is a, a great opportunity to get to just kind of sit and chat and, and talk about stuff. And we're obviously going to talk well about more than just us, but about what's going on with Harvestgate. But first, you know, how are you and your family doing? How's Liz? How are the kids? Dude, I'll tell you what, we are doing really well, uh, all things considered. Uh, of course, we miss our friends and our families yeah, um, and our loved ones and, and our church family and um, that social aspect, but technology has been a godsend. Um, you know, our, our small group that we have at our, our church here in Newark, we've been meeting on... Uh, online via zoom and we also have a a group me text chat that's been going on so we've been able to connect that way the other day we had um literally hundreds of messages about a debate about uh how steak should be cooked <laughs> um so you know just normal kinds of conversation yeah absolutely. Um, but i'll tell you what liz has been doing like she has just been super mom and super wife. Um, actually, this past Sunday, um, uh, she was featured on the front page uh, with my kids of the uh, the local newspaper here, The Advocate, mm. and um, about uh, learning in the time of uh, COVID and. Uh, so she had a reporter here for a couple hours taking pictures and just hanging out and watching what we're doing. And so, um, you know, I think that Liz is doing a phenomenal job. She, uh, with the kids, she's making sure that there's a couple hours where they're working on schoolwork. And Liz in a previous life was a teacher. So she, she has a, she has an advantage that some may not. Um, sure. Yeah. And in the meantime, uh, I have been, uh, my dad has a bunch of rental properties, so I've been helping, um, 
get some of those ready to to rent out. So um, so God's just been good in providing for our family during this time. You know, I still have a job at uh, at our church, and for that, I am grateful and blessed. Uh, and then I've also been able to pick up some. I guess some some side money, some side support for the time when inevitably I probably will not have a job. So, um, sure, yeah. Uh, so our family's been doing well, and um, I, I would say we we might be a little bit of a paradox because we have not been struggling with things to do, um, and it's just been you know between meetings and. Um, and work and teaching and things like that. We've, we've kept busy. So we are, we are fighting the, uh, cabin fever pretty well, I think. So. Well, fantastic. I think staying busy is going to help a lot with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've been keeping pretty busy around here. Uh, you know, I work from home, so work has not really changed for me. I am very thankful that I work from home right now. You know, a lot of people, friends, uh, family that I've talked to are saying, you know, how are you doing with a quarantine and stay at home orders and stuff like that? And it's like, well, I've been warming up for this for eight years, you know, I've worked from home since 2012. So, uh, I'm, I've been, uh, training for just this moment as it turns out. Um, uh, and so, you know, with that, I think our daily routine, isn't a lot different than it normally is. Um, You know, Emily stays home uh, with Eli normally, uh, but she gets to take him to school for a couple hours a day. And so that has been maybe the biggest change and that, and we can't go and visit grandparents and friends and you guys, of course. So I know that uh, Eli was really looking forward to uh, seeing all of his friends for his birthday, which is in two days. Uh, Eli's going to turn five. And, uh, so we're going to try and find some fun stuff to do at home. Uh, Emily's been finding lots of cool crafty things to do with him, little science experiments and, um, all kinds of fun stuff. Yesterday they got out these beads and made little dinosaurs, uh, from some plans on Pinterest. And then you take an iron and it melts the beads together. So they stay. Yeah. Our kids Uh, did that uh, a couple of weeks ago, not with dinosaurs, but. It's a pretty yeah, we sweet are, little craft. We are a dinosaur household all the way. So <laughs> uh, dinosaurs are a big deal around here. So, But everybody's good. You know, I've uh, been in touch with Emily's parents, my parents, and everybody's, you know, staying isolated and staying well. We're FaceTiming a lot. Everybody good with uh, your parents, Liz's parents? Everybody doing okay? Yeah. Uh, Liz's um, uh, mom actually just got back from a two or three month trip to Florida. So they just made it back into the States and literally as she was like sending the message, Hey, we just got back, you know, we're home. I said, well, governor DeWine just uh, made it official that you have to self quarantine for 14 days. So, (laughs) um, and she's like, so is this you uninviting us to Easter? (laughs) Um, I said, well, I don't know if it's uninviting, but, um, yeah, you need to you need to stay home. Um, yeah, my parents are doing really well. Uh, Liz's dad, who uh, just a couple of months ago uh, received word that he is in remission from his cancer, okay. so he's 
he's kind of like the prime person that COVID wants to kill. Uh, yeah. so we've been trying to make sure that he is, um, just really staying self-isolated. And when he does go out for his walks around the neighborhood, we make sure he wears his masks. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, this is, I would say this isn't fun for anyone because, um, you know, you were talking yesterday, Greg, that, uh, you know, we, we can, uh, be a little harsh towards other people and then want to make excuses for ourselves. And I, I think that that's the challenge for everyone. Uh, you know, rules are good for everyone else, but not for ourselves. Um, yeah, it's tough. You know, I think we were talking about, you know, uh, we were talking about going to play disc golf and yeah. we have done that recently and been cautious and socially distant while doing it. And you and I were talking and like, oh, it'd be so great if we could invite, you know, our families along and they could just go for a hike. And very quickly, we're kind of making exceptions to ourselves, thinking like, oh, well, we can make this work somehow. But, you know, we've got multiple kids around five, six, you know, like, do you think they're going to listen when you say don't hug? Because like they love to hug each other and and, you know, uh, they're really close and. So it was sort of like, you know what, we need to listen to the advice that people are giving us and that, you know, I'm very guilty of uh, judging people that aren't following these orders harshly. And so I need to hold myself in that same space and say, follow the rules, listen to the advice, you know, and even if I don't really like it, it's the right thing to do. So, yeah, well, and I will say this, I have seen um, just some incredible, incredible things come from all of this. You know, I, I've seen parents being very, very um, innovative in how they engage with their kids now. Um, uh, people doing arts and crafts, finding yeah. ways to get outside. Uh, you would think that in this kind of season that people would just like, you know, shuck their kids off to the, you know, to another room and throw them a tablet or you make them go watch TV. And to be sure that probably does happen. I know it happens in our family. It, uh, yep. It does occasionally. <laughs> uh, but I have also seen a great amount of intentionality with people, um, yep. uh, just engaging their families. And of course it's very easy to look at this, um, this, pandemic as uh, as a great inconvenience and a great um tragedy which it is i don't i don't want to downplay that whatsoever but the yeah. reality is is that there's been a lot of really great and amazing things that have come from this i actually saw this uh i guess you could call it a meme uh that um and i saved it and i sent it to my to my family because it's a, I think it's just a great perspective gainer. Uh, and I'll just read it to you real quick. Mm-hmm. It's a little lengthy for a meme, but um, it says in 20, uh, in 2030 college kid in history class, we learned that the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020 was really bad. What was it like parent? Well, Everything was shut down in an attempt to kill the virus, but not everyone followed the order to quarantine for 15 days. So it lasted longer than anyone expected. Many people died who shouldn't have. Grocery stores were out of everything because people were hoarding as much as they could. They were scared of economic failure for our country and for ourselves because we couldn't work. 
Don't you remember it? You were eight. College kid. All I remember was that school, uh, it was the school closing and being homeschooled. I remember doing scavenger hunts in our yard. I remember eating meals as a family for a change. I remember getting great sleep because I wasn't up late for homework or getting ready for school. I remember board games as a family. I remember watching our pastor on our laptop. Honestly, it was the happiest time of my childhood. And I don't know. I just thought that was a great perspective reminder that we could we could view this as the parents did theirs. Like, it was just a time of complete chaos. <laughs> uh, and it is. But it's also a really great time for us just to dig in with our families and to, to focus on our family units and also our, our uh, you know, Again, technology has given us the ability that we can still dig in with our community that we have surrounding us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I think you mentioned just before that meme that, you know, there is a lot of serious stuff going on. And I think we hope that most people remember it in one of those two ways. And I'm sure other people will remember it of the time they lost loved ones that are close to them. So, you know, we're we're hopeful that uh, you can stay in the the camp that remembers, you know, focusing on your family and, and nothing bad happening. Uh, and that's, you know, that's the hardest part I think with all of this is if you do everything correctly, nothing changes. Right. And that's the best case scenario is to come out the other side with no news is good news, you know, for your family, you want everybody to just stay safe. So, um, yeah. but you mentioned how important technology is and how it's been connecting people. I know you've been doing a lot of cool stuff with it for uh, both community church. And then also we've been doing a lot with it for Harvestgate. So I want to talk about sort of what our Harvestgate community has been doing uh, to stay connected during this time. And uh, tell us a little bit about the things we've been up to. Yeah. So uh, two Fridays ago, we were supposed to have our first service as a uh as a church mm-hmm. and um here's what here's what i'm really grateful for uh it was not really on my radar with all of this covid stuff happening uh and then a couple of days beforehand you know the the group text just starts kind of blowing up hey are we are we still going to meet are we still doing all this kind of stuff and what i heard was just this Hey, uh, we're not going to let this pandemic stop us from meeting. Now we're not going to meet face to face, but we should still meet. Yeah. And, and so we, I don't want to say we pulled it together because it was a matter of setting up a, a FaceTime call. Hey, um, shout out to you for setting up the group FaceTime. Hey, I mean, <laughs> it was, it was as simple as clicking the the video button. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Uh, but I was so grateful for just our little community that was like, no, I want to, I want to do this anyways. I miss you guys. And so we had our first, uh, this is, you know, there's a saying, I don't, I don't know how true this saying is, but, uh, you know, we make plans and God laughs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, never in a million years would I have thought, Hey, I'm going to plant a church and when I do my first service is going to be online. It's going to be epic. But that's what happened. Um, I was, I was incredibly pleased. You know, Emily invited um, a friend of hers to, to join. And uh, so we had a a new, a new attendee. Um, 
as part of our first service. And I don't know. I was really pleased with how it went. Um, I'm I also was great. A, I mean, it was great to kind of get connected. And, and I think part of the service, which I think may be a common occurrence for a little while as we start doing them, is explaining to uh, people that are new what we're all about and how we work and you know what we're trying to do because i think people are going to come in and they're going to have a lot of questions and it's going to help to kind of answer some of those questions so it was maybe good practice for for all of us to kind of see that in action and maybe uh figure out ways to i don't know condense it so it doesn't take as long in future meetings but uh in future services but i think it is an important thing like hey this is who we are and this is how we do it and in our space. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun to, to just get together and hang out for a little bit. It was. And yeah, I'm just like, at first I was going to hide her identity. I'm just going to shout it out there. Uh, Krista was our, was our new, um, uh, guest with us and mm-hmm. it was a blast getting to know Krista. She, um, <laughs> yeah, she, she kind of prompted us and just said, yeah, so why are you doing church this way? And <laughs> Uh, you know, if we could, if, if we could have looked at each other, like in the eye, uh, but I remember looking at Greg and Emily and we kind of just smiled and said, well, this is why we do the podcast. You should listen to our podcast. Um, <laughs> and I've actually heard since then, she has listened to several episodes of the podcast to kind of find out a little bit more about what we're doing and to hear, you know, some deeper explanation that we had briefly talked about in the service. So, uh, Krista, if you're listening. Shout out to you. Shout out to Krista. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and so, um, you know, prayer prayers for Krista and her family. Um, uh, her husband is on the front lines of this pandemic mm-hmm. and they've had to make some tough choices as a family. So, and I know that, um, Krista and her family are just, um, they are probably a picture of what happens in the larger uh, frontline community. Um, so, um, I, I want to give a, a deep and profound, uh, appreciation and thank you for all of those on the front line. Um, and those, uh, who are families with those on the front line, cause, um, it's, it's, you know, that, that would be our medical staff, our, uh, researching staff, our, um, police and fire and EMTs, mm-hmm. uh, those Absolutely. in the grocery stores, um, those uh, who are custodians at each of those places. Uh, this would not be able to happen without each and every one of you. And so, uh, you know, our government workers who are still uh, working for solutions, our teachers and those in the, in the academic field, thank you for all of your service. I don't, I can't say thank you enough. Um, and, you know, I've been thinking like, oh man, it'd be really great if I could go get like two weeks. That way I could go help. Um, but I can't. Uh, so yeah. thank you. Thank you all for who are, who are fighting uh, on the front lines there. But getting back to uh, this service that we did, it was, uh, it was fun. Uh, I think that it just it seemed to flow well. We even experimented with communion over 
over the uh, Zoom call or the FaceTime call. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's not ideal. I, I, so I like. I not how I you envisioned it, I'm sure. Yeah. No, no. I envisioned a, a very, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard not to rush things when uh, you're online because there's, there's awkward pauses. And, um, and so, yeah, I would say that that was probably the biggest feedback that we had was that, um, that communion was a little weird, but so is having church online, but it worked. (laughs) Yeah, Um, absolutely. And so Greg, I'm curious to know kind of some of your insights or thoughts that you had about the service. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I again, I think it was nice to to still, you know, despite the circumstances, get everyone together and spend that time together, and not let um, you know all this stuff kind of slow us down any more than you know we know that it's going to in in other ways, which we're going to talk about. So, you know, I think uh, technology in this time right now is a a great tool for keeping us connected and and everyone's seeking it out and finding opportunities to use it to stay connected and i think that's really important um you know i'm i'm i I personally i enjoyed it i mean i think one of the things that i brought up during the service that uh, you know is i think relevant to something you and i have talked about a lot is you know that i i do have this personal um you know uh i'm just kind of lacking enthusiasm and comfort uh comfort in a church space and when Mm -hmm. i go to church i tend to feel kind of uncomfortable and out of my comfort zone and um you know some of the i I like to you know sit in the back kind of alone i don't want to talk to anybody if i am going to listen i really just want to be able to do that by myself and so this is a space and a service that even though it's a smaller group of people they're people that i know close friends and so i am I do feel a lot more comfortable attending that type of church service than I do a traditional church. And so it was uh, an interesting sort of even just an experiment for myself about how am I going to feel going to that and being a part of it. Uh, and it was OK. So, you know, in my own in my own space, in my own head, uh, I enjoyed it. Good. That's what we love to hear. And um you know, I always want to make this very clear. We don't have any objections to other kinds of churches and other models of church. Yeah, of course. Because we we are all we are all part of the same universal church. Uh, um, yeah, my my experiences and my feelings about church are certainly my own, and I don't want to attach that to Harvestgate in general. It's you know how I grew up and how I've you know, developed my feelings towards it. But certainly from my perspective, I did, uh, I did enjoy it. And I know, you know, again, not nothing against, uh, you know, traditional churches or any churches, because I know there's tons of churches out there doing great stuff, especially right now um, in these tough times. So, yeah. Well, and and Greg, I hope, you know, I wasn't saying like, Oh, uh, I need to, I need to correct Greg's thinking here. Um, (laughs) No, but I know some people might be thinking that because it's something that comes up often, but we're very, I think we're really good at being kind of honest about, you know, where we're coming from and what we're talking about. So I like to make sure that that's clear. 
Yeah. Well, and and so uh, I love that you feel comfortable in this model because this is exactly uh, what it is that we set we have envisioned to set out to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've said all along that we want to be a church for people who are disenfranchised from the church, who are uh, who have been hurt by the church, who have been burned by the church, or just don't have any association with the church at all, who would probably never step into a normal, what I would call traditional church setting. And so hearing your heart that this is a place where you feel comfortable, um, uh, I would maybe even go so far, and I might be putting words in your mouth, but a place where you kind of feel like you belong, at least in the community. Um, that makes my heart sing that what we set out to do, uh, at least in the early uh, R&D stages, uh, is showing <laughs> to be the case. <clears throat> yeah, all of our focus groups said that this would be a success. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do not have a budget for that. Um, uh, but I <laughs> no. That's funny. Yeah. You know, I, I did want to talk about though something um, real quickly. I was talking to Emily last night and kind of sharing what we wanted to talk about in the podcast today. Uh, and, you know, we've already sort of talked about how the technology is helping the community stay connected and, and, you know, together right now. And she made a great point that as important as it is to stay connected with your community and your friends and important that, we're able to be comfortable and content by ourselves, you know, with yourself at home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. one thing that she specifically said is that, uh, and I'm quoting, my relationship with God should not be solely dependent on other people. And so she's looking at this yeah. as an opportunity and a time to be in prayer by herself, reading her Bible uh, without anyone, you know, in uh, in a group or at church telling her what she should read to learn about a specific thing. She's able to kind of explore and discover on her own um, and pray on her own and kind of make that connection. So I thought that was an interesting perspective considering how much attention and focus there is right now on staying connected with everyone else is that she's kind of seeing it from the flip side as an opportunity to spend time in sort of self-reflection. Absolutely. And and I think that there's maybe this juxtaposition be- between two types of people, um, sure. and that would be the, the introverts and the extroverts. And I used to think that uh, extroverts were just people who liked – who were people people, and introverts were people who didn't like people. And that's really uh, a false narrative there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would more so classify – uh, introverts and extroverts as to where you gain your energy. And so, uh, extroverts generally gain their energy, uh, by feel, by, uh, by being around other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas uh, I know, I know many introverts who are incredibly, uh, great people, people, um, but they like when they're when they're done hanging out with people, they're just like, I need, like, I need time to myself because I'm just drained. And so, uh, introverts are generally people who gain their energy from just, uh, I don't want to say isolation, but just, uh, introspective, uh, introspection and kind of being, uh, alone. And so I have, I have a 
friend who's an introvert and he says like, I love hanging out with people, but I have to prepare myself for like two or three days before I do. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta stretch. I gotta warm up, you know? Yeah. I don't want to pull a muscle. And so for, for those of us who are extroverts who gain our energy by being around people, this is, and I, I'm in whole heart, uh, agreement with, with Emily's, uh, statement here or her uh, her point that she's made um, for those of us who are extroverts this is a really great time to settle in and learn to be quiet with our thoughts and with the lord mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know i've always you know, there's a there's a passage of scripture that says be still and know that i am god and i've kind of always joked um yeah the know that i am god part is easy it's the be still part that's really difficult <laughs> right. Um, I got stuff and, to do. Yeah, I got stuff to do. I got people to see. I got, you know, plans to make. Um, and he's like, listen, I'm still God regardless of what's going on. Uh, so just you slow your roll, man. Um, yeah, so actually to that point, my uh, every year I try to – I don't want to say every year because last year I didn't pick a, a word. But um, I have been trying to choose a word that will kind of be my guiding – word for the year. Um, that just kind of helps me center. Um, and my word this year is the word abide. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, uh, when I was praying over what word would be mine, um, uh, I wanted something very action oriented. I was talking with <laughs> Emily yeah, and she's like, she's like, yeah, she's like, so far, I think that my word, you know, this was probably sometime in December. She's like, yeah, she's like, the word that God just keeps laying on my heart is legendary. And I was like, <laughs> what a sweet word. Leg- yeah, yeah. I was like, if hers yeah. is legendary, like what's, what's more action and awesome oriented than legendary? Yeah, maybe spectacular. And, yeah. And like the word that just kept like, you know, bubbling to the top for me was abide. And I was like, well, that word kind of sucks. It just <laughs> like, that's just like sitting there doing nothing. And, and, uh, you know, I was like, all right, God, like, I'm, I'm not very pleased by this. Uh, <laughs> you're like, you're, you're on, you know, Grammarly looking for some, you know, com. Yeah. I need a substitution, please. Something yeah. a little more interesting. I was like, God, I, like I'm in the process of getting ready to plant a church. I need something <laughs> really action oriented. Yeah. Like, I need something to drive me. And essentially what he said was. Listen, all of those things will fail if you are not rooted in me. If you do not find your solace in me, if you don't find uh, your center in me, um, if you are, uh, maybe to use some more biblical language, if you are not um, rooted to the vine, Mm. you're going to fail. Well, and I think that is a a word for you that's, you know, probably pretty appropriate under the circumstances, because uh, I want to kind of transition that into talking about how everything with COVID-19 and, you know, things being shut down across the country or across the world, uh, you know, is obviously going to have an impact on Harvestgate as well. Um, you know, have you thought about how this is like going to impact kind of our overall timeline, how you're maybe going to have to uh, you know, think about things being a little slower than we had initially hoped. Listen, I feel like 
like God just dropped an atom bomb, like in all of our plans. <laughs> right. uh, um, You're like, okay, I get it. Abide. Yeah, uh, abide. Very I get funny. It. You could yeah, have been uh, a little more subtle. Yeah, he's like, I tried to be, but you weren't abiding. <laughs> you weren't so, listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Um, so here's what I have. I think that this is just a, a general ministry principle. Uh, that I have learned throughout the years is, um, and I, I have another pastor friend who put this language to it. He says that God has to take uh, territory within you before he can take territory with you. Let me say that again. God has to take territory within you before mm-hmm. he can take territory with you. Um, and so kind of the ministry principle that I've learned is that, um, God usually does things within, uh, the leader. And then that transfers probably three to six to 12 months, uh, later in the ministry itself. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you what, I am so future oriented. Um, a struggle like so for anyone who's familiar with the Enneagram, I'm seven, which is the enthusiast, which essentially means that all I do, um uh, uh I, I I um my my center the 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 driving emotion that drives me is fear. Um, but I don't like to, so as a seven, I don't like to deal with pain. Uh, and so kind of how that manifests itself is the, uh, we're always looking for new experiences. Um, uh, we're always looking for something new to, um, and so the, the sevens, the, the enthusiasts are usually the life of the party. They're fun and uh, easy going and I remember when I discovered that I was a seven I told Liz I said so all of the all of the awesome things about sevens are not things that I necessarily <laughs> put out um, <laughs> um, the things that make me a seven are that uh, are, are maybe some of the uh, Maybe a little more than the negative kind of uh, kinds of things. So here's here's an example, and and I'll get back to to the point here. Sure. Um, but so Liz and I, for our ten year anniversary, we went to Madeira, Portugal, and we had an Airbnb. It is, I think, hands down, my favorite vacation I have ever taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just, uh, well, it 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 was. It was amazing. We went hiking. We relaxed. We swam in the ocean. It was uh, our Airbnb was phenomenal. The people were great. the The adventure was wonderful. But about two or three days before the end of our trip, Liz noticed a marked change in my attitude, and she's like, "What's wrong?" I said, "We're getting ready to leave." And I have nothing to look forward to once we get home. Mm. And so I was so future oriented 
that like I missed, like I'm in Portugal. We're going right. hiking still every there. day, like still yeah. there, but like, I'm already like, not like I'm already in my mind, not there. And, mm. um, yeah. and, and so, you know, take this back to harvest gate kinds of things. Um, you know, we haven't even launched yet. You know, this was probably three to six months ago. And I was already thinking, okay, like what's the next thing that I can start after we get Harvest Gate Coffee House open and all of those kinds of things. And Liz keeps saying, Zach, it's okay if you start new things, but at least start this thing well and continue it and then find someone to take it over before you start dreaming about the next thing. And I'll tell you what, um, nothing will, um, will pop the future bubble like a <laughs> global pandemic. <laughs> Um, again, a little extreme probably could have, you know, popped it yeah. with something a little less intense, but yeah, and, I, I and, like the looking on the bright side. Yeah. And, and I don't, and I don't think that God caused, first of all, I don't think that God was the cause of, uh, COVID-19. Uh, you know, I said last week, I, I believe that God is here in our midst suffering along with us. Um, um, and so I don't believe that God was doing this to get my attention, but I do think that God does not let anything go to waste. Mm. Um, so um, I, I got to be honest. It's not that I have not thought about the future of Harvest Gate, uh, but right now I, I feel like God is, is like, let's just focus on the day to day. How are your people doing? And by your people, I mean, uh, Obviously, your immediate family, uh, your extended family, uh, the mm -hmm. people at community church who you serve in the ministries there that you oversee, and the people that you serve um, at Harvestgate and this. Um, so how are you focusing on them? How are you serving each of these people? Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I don't know. I, I'd say it's just given me a lot more uh, focus on the present. And, um, you know, I think yesterday you were asking, uh, you know, so what's going to happen with some of these things that we have planned, like the clothing sale? Well, the clothing sale, uh, the uh, my roommate's closet that Liz is putting on, it's still going to happen. We're still collecting clothes for mm -hmm. that. Um, um, uh, it's just going to be pushed back. Um, the, the, the golf outing, the scramble, uh, will still happen. We haven't canceled it yet. Um, uh, but we're just kind of waiting to see, uh, it there very well might be pushed back as well. Um, I'm not concerned about the things that we've had planned. They'll still happen. Um, but I think our bigger concern is how do I don't want to be so future oriented that I'm missing out. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the now is just as important. So I, I appreciate the update on the events. We wanted to make sure we talked about that and, and sort of figure out uh, and communicate too, like what we're thinking about with those things. And we know that we're certainly not immune to everything that's going on. So, mm -mm. um, I do want to talk just briefly uh, kind of in closing about two 
two questions. Um, one is for us and one is for you, the listener. Um, for you, the listener, how can we support or be praying for you? Um, yeah. You know, everyone is uniquely affected by what's going on. Um, and we want to hear from you. If there's anything that we can do for you, please reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram at Harvestgate Network. Uh, you can email us at Zach at Harvestgate.org and tell us how we can be uh, supporting you right now. If you just want to shout out on the podcast about uh, how you're you're dealing with everything, we want to hear from you and we'll we'll find a way to do that. Yeah. And we said last week. um that we're all in the same storm together, but we're all in different boats. And so I don't want to minimize anybody's suffering because there are some people um, who are dealing with incredible, incredible amounts of loss Mm -hmm. uh, from losing loved ones or from losing jobs uh, to uh, even just the loss of community. Um, And then there's some people who are in, uh, you know, maybe more seaworthy vessels. Uh, in this storm. Yeah. Um, and, and so we, we want to be able to pray for you. I know my sister-in-law lives in Brooklyn right now. And, you know, um, I had this, just this deep realization that like they are in just, uh, a living hell right now. Yeah. And I, you know, I texted them and I said, Hey, uh, I will drive over to New York, pick you up so you can come like, get away from some of the chaos now. So uh, we do acknowledge that, that there are different people in different situations and we want, we do want to uh, in this time and serve you in this time. Absolutely. Um, the second question that I referenced is a question for, uh, for us. And I guess for you, Zach, um, how can people listening be supporting or praying for Harvestgate right now? Yeah. Um, so I want to start with prayer because that's the most important thing. Uh, prayer for wisdom and discernment. Uh, we we want to uh, work in partnership with uh, governing authorities, not mm-hmm. in uh, not in rebellion with. Uh, but at the same time, we also don't want to live in fear. So I mean, we are we're practicing good social distancing. Um, practices and uh, and I actually prefer the the language of um, physical distancing versus <laughs> right uh, yeah social distancing. Um, so we're we're practicing good physical distancing practice. Um, but uh, when the time comes uh, that that this has subsided, um, how how do we jump back into this without um, without going overkill? Um, and, you know, just, uh, easing our way into it, understanding that God's timing is perfect on all things. So, uh, wisdom for us in how to move forward, um, and prayer just for, uh, like I said, there, there are people who are connected with Harvestgate who are on the front line. So prayer for them and safety for not only those who are connected with all of our, uh, frontline workers. And, um, you know, we're still in the midst of fundraising and I don't want to be insensitive to those who have 
lost jobs, but there are others who have not lost jobs, who have not been affected financially. As a network, we're still fundraising. We don't want to, we do not want to be insensitive to those who have lost their jobs in this time. But for mm-hmm. those who, who are still uh, you know, financially secure, who, um, who have been supporting us, we would uh, like you to know that we still are receiving support and that we are trying to figure out how as as a network that we can uh use uh how we can steward our 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 resources well to help uh in in this pandemic so uh you can support us through prayer the primary uh primary and penultimate or and, and ultimate is through prayer you can also join us when we have our services. It would be another way. So you can stay connected with us to learn how you could jump on one of our calls for our services. Mm-hmm. And then you could also uh, support us through um, through funding and uh, just sharing the podcast and what's going on with, with Harvestgate. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for your time this morning, Zach. Thanks for helping us kind of catch up on everything that's going on. Uh, Again, we're thinking about everybody out there. Stay safe and stay healthy. And uh, thanks again for your time, Zach. It's been fun. Follow us on social media at Harvestgate Network. There are several ways you can engage with us and support the Harvestgate Network at harvestgate.org. You can subscribe to the Harvestgate podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you're as excited as we are about this project, please consider supporting us by sharing, joining our prayer team, or donating on our website. Thanks for listening to the Harvestgate Podcast, connecting faith to families, communities, and marketplaces.